are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Gooley of ZoneCoverage.com, and tonight, he's back, he's with me, it's Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Hey, I found my way to my desk, I got lost last night, uh, I ate a uh, cheeseburger and fries, it was, it was real rough, couldn't make the show, uh, but I'm back, it's all good, and uh, and I didn't get dunked on by Sidney Crosby, so I had a decent night off. I almost went movie phone voice there. <laughs> in a world <laughs> if you know the name of the movie you'd like to see press one now where swoons reign supreme <laughs> one man Kirill Kaprizov can put the team on his back he put the team on his back <laughs> we are back here to talk about some of the few things that kind of uh, dropped I think uh, after um the uh, the post game report that came out from Michael Russo, he kind of dropped a few n- n- nuggets on us. Huge in, trade in, rumors, yeah, huge trade rumors. So uh, let's let's um, I think we'll get into those uh, in a little bit here. Uh, but um, overall, how'd you do in trivia? Oh, okay, yeah, we won <laughs> trivia. We uh, my my team conquered all. We destroyed everyone. We crushed them like a cheese sandwich. Uh, yeah, uh, took uh, took first place. Felt really good. Came down to a tiebreaker. I managed to uh, to to win the tiebreak question. So I felt like an absolute hero. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. There you go. All right. It's always nice when you can come through in the clutch for your team. It is. Not that Minnesota would know anything about that. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely correct. And and I mentioned this on yesterday's episode while you were out, but uh, I'm sounding the alarm that this might be a full swoon. What's your thoughts? My only thought is, can it be a swoon if you're bad? Is this a good team swooning, or is this just a bad team being a bad team? I guess that is my that is my philosophical question. <laughs> Granted, if you think that this is or should be around a playoff team, by all means, ring that swoon alarm. I'm not going to dispute you there. I guess that is, uh, but that that's kind of my thing is like, I don't know if this is a swoon or if this team is that bad or is just bad. It's sure. like the uh, Futurama fry squinting meme. <laughs> not sure if swoon or just bad. Alicia actually has like a little bead art uh, thing of the squinting fry. Oh, that's signed, cool. Signed by Billy West. Oh, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Now, now you just got to get it uh, signed by Matt Groening, and then you're set, right? No, <laughs> nobody who flew in a certain person's certain plane. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you don't allegedly you don't think that this is necessarily a swoon if it's if if your expectations were that this team was going to be bad. I do kind of think like, okay, nine of 13 is pretty bad. That is swoon level. I it's think that even if you're streak. bad, you, it, there's, I think there's, I don't know. I think this team is better than, than a bottom dwelling team. They're certainly not as bad as Detroit. All right. But here's the thing, right? Minnesota starts out this year in a really bad stretch, right? Like a, a yep. stretch that could be considered a swoon, then has a pocket of six weeks where they just, uh, they're the best team in hockey, and now they're back down in the gutter again. So mm-hmm. 
what if the Minnesota Wilds winning streak in the middle of that was like a weird <laughs> Twilight Zoney positive Minnesota Wild swoon? What if that was the illusion? What if the swoon was the friends we made along the way? Well, we have plenty of friends. Uh, all right. Well, um, I know that you read up on these uh, on these trade rumors. So why don't we uh, take a quick break and then we'll dive right into them in, in, in our long segment. OK. All right. We will take care of that right after this break. All right. You're listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. I'm Joe. With me is Tony. And uh, we got some knowledge nuggets dropped on us during the uh, the post-game article from uh, Michael Russo talking about potential trade uh, targets that uh, are getting, you know, at least what the Wild are getting called upon for uh, potential guys to be traded here. Now, that the really, the, the, the trade deadline is just about a month and a half away. And... Uh, I think uh, what he he first basically said that uh, you know, and this is should be no surprise, but their um, teams are probably calling in on Marcus Foligno, and we kind of talked about he might have probably the highest value of probably uh, the the one of the few players that could actually just be traded without any real strings attached. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this on uh, on Twitter earlier today, but like my like my trade philosophy is almost always buy low, sell high. Like even. Even on players where you're like, oh, like, I would never trade this because they're, you know, coming in on their promise. Like, you never know what's going to happen. And, like, sometimes you can even get burned by falling in love with, like, even great players like last year. Like, the example that I kind of come back to, like, what happens last year if you trade Matt Dumba for William Nylander? Like, you would absolutely do that trade right now this year but you wouldn't do it last year. So it's, it's, it's hard to not fall in love with players. And it's uh, especially when they're doing well and performing well, but like for the most part, you've got to like keep an even keel on them. And it's real hard because you get really into the players and what they bring and you get invested in them. And like, I, I feel that way about Marcus Foligno. Like we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, like one of our very first episodes about how much he brings to the team defensively, how much he's showing offensively as of late. Like the guy has yeah. five goals in his last five games. It's, 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 and it is on pace for a career high to, to, to even smash career highs at this <laughs> point. He almost has, he's five points away from a career high right now. So, uh, and then what he brings defensively and how good of a teammate he is. Like, we're like, I don't know if you can trade him because of how, like, well he's doing in the locker room. But from a non-emotional standpoint, like, yes, this is the time that you trade a player like Marcus Foligno. Where right. He is riding high on value. He has something that every team loves. Size and physicality. He's showing uh, he's showing more skill than maybe he ever has before, and like this is this is the time you capitalize on on uh, on, a, on the trade value of a twenty eight year old with a year and a half left on his contract. Are you going to sign him in his age thirty to thirty four season on this team that's uh, that's rebuilding? Probably not. So this team isn't going anywhere. 
get something for him now. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't make any sense to try to re-sign him post, you know, his age 30 season. So I completely agree with that, that if you're going to do that, you know, this is the time to get something for him. A familiar team is, might be calling about uh, a familiar trade a target as well in Jason Zucker. It sounds like the Penguins might be showing interest again. And uh, it'd be weird, you know, with with what Bill Guerin kind of said in the um, in his uh, introductory press conference where he basically said, well, we I was on the team that was trying to acquire him, so you, you'd probably know what I think of him as, as a player to uh, – potentially keep and keep around after, you know, last year really being just a brutal year for Jason Zucker when it came to him personally. I mean, he was probably at the end of it, just going like, just let it happen. But now that he's here, I'm sure he probably doesn't want that to happen. Um, What's your thoughts if the wild were to potentially trade Jason Zucker? And is there anything on the penguins that you might be sniffing around thinking that that might be something to, at least try to acquire in the trade if you were to make that move. It's an interesting thought experiment for me, uh, trading trading Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh potentially because you mm-hmm. had Pittsburgh kind of circling Zucker around like a shark, and they were going to take on the RAS contract. They were going to do two things there, right? There was going to be a hockey trade where they – uh, shipped out Jason Zucker, Minnesota Wood, in exchange for Phil Kessel coming back. Phil Kessel's rejection of the uh, of the trade was what killed it, as you may remember. And then there was going to be a swap of bad contracts uh, with Victor Rask and uh, and Jay, uh, Jack Johnson mm-hmm. coming back and forth. And, and the money was mostly a wash. The term was maybe the problem, lasting a little bit longer for Jack Johnson's contract than Victor Rask's. Um, but, uh, when you look at, uh, Zucker for Kessel, that ended up being kind of a fool's gold kind of thing. Like they had, they had Kessel who, you know, in Pittsburgh was able to put up points still. Uh, he had 27 goals and 82 points last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't really hold your nose up at that, but at the same time, like in Pittsburgh, right? So a lot of talent around him. Uh, putting him in a, in a in a great position to succeed, and you kind of wondered like, okay, like what happens if if he gets traded away from that situation and now kind of has to carry a team and be the guy instead mm-hmm. of guy number three? We're kind of finding out what that what that's like, right? With with Arizona, he's got eleven goals and thirty points in forty nine games, which not great. Especially when you consider his his pretty awful defensive contributions, like this mm-hmm. would have been like getting uh, this would have been like getting Thomas Fanick in all over again. Right. So, like I, I I maybe wouldn't want to to be interested in trading him to that team again when they like clearly were like, oh, we are going to rip you off for this <laughs> yeah, the first time around. That. But but not only. Is is Billy Garen up to the fact that uh, that uh, sharks might be circling around Zucker and trying to get him for lower value? Billy Garen was that shark that tried <laughs> to get him. Uh, so, like, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, to rip off Garen so easily, or like they might have been able to with uh, with Paul Fenton, but for the grace of Phil Kessel. <laughs> Right. Shout out to the hot dog boy. He really <laughs> saved us from one there. Um, 
so it, it'll be interesting to to see what uh, uh, what Garen would be looking for in a uh, in a trade of Jason Zucker to that same team. I doubt yeah. he'll want Jack Johnson's worthless contract back, for example. <laughs> um, but what I'm thinking is Pittsburgh really doesn't have that much to play with. Uh, they do have their first round picks for the next two years, uh, but those both figure to be later round picks. I mean, as long as you have a, a healthy Sidney Crosby and a healthy Evgeny Malkin, as Minnesota found out earlier this yeah. week, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for uh, for them to uh, to envision them missing the playoffs. Um, so I don't know what do you what do you do after that? Their prospect uh, pool is not particularly good. No. Uh, they don't have uh, young players that that to me like leap off the page and, and make uh, make a difference. Like oh, okay, like maybe they there's a guy who isn't kind. Of, there, there's not really like a Kevin Fiala in there, right? Right. Where you're just like this guy's gonna be really good. Um, let's give them some current value now, and maybe we'll get a get a guy like Fiala. I don't think that's gonna happen. So I don't know. Is there anyone on Pittsburgh that interests you? Well, you're right that I'd be intriguing to see who Bill Guerin would particularly target in a trade with Pittsburgh, considering he's probably a guy, you know, he's he was a guy that was likely on the table when they were looking to draft a number of these players. Now, again, Pittsburgh's been good pretty much for the last five years for the most part, um, actually most of the decade even. And so their drafts have been lower in the round, and, you know, they've also traded a lot of assets away in order to maintain or basically keep uh, keep their window open for as long as possible. They kind of went the Minnesota route in a way, but we're probably way more successful at it because they got to the, the promised land a couple of times. You're never going to pluck a Jake Gensel from them. And plus, he's got a oh, six never. million cap now. You see, that's never going to happen. So Wild fans just need to like get that out of their brain. I doubt that's ever going to happen. Um, and I don't know how good Jake Gensel looks like away from Sidney Crosby either. <laughs> well, right, because they, they also have Jared McCann, who is 23 years old. And, and was an absolute bum in Florida. Yeah, and but he looks amazing next to next to Geno Malkin and Sidney Crosby as yeah. well. I mean, it's amazing what two really, really good players can do to, you know, a younger player, um, which is kind of what we want for – uh, you know, the, the Wilds young players now is to be set up in a, in a good spot with uh, two solid and extremely talented veterans. Now, the Wild don't have anything close to Sidney Crosby. So, yeah, I think if anything, it would be a pick of some sort, you know, at least one, two or three. I think with Jason Zucker, you could probably get a one or a two because if you send him to Pittsburgh, he's going to look really good in Pittsburgh. Hmm. And even if you don't necessarily have an idea of, you know, at least from our point of view on who to target in the, in their prospect pool, there's gotta be a couple of players in there that potentially you could get, you know, maybe a pick in a, in a prospect or something um, in that kind of trade. Uh, I don't know who that prospect would be because like I said, I mean, I know Samuel Poulin who's 18 years old and in the QMJHL and he's, got their top point getter but he's nowhere close to like what uh adam beckman or uh, alexander havanov is doing over there i mean he their point productions are much lower than 
what the any of really the Wilds prospects are kind of doing at this point in time. Kalen so, Addison is a uh, is a defenseman that's probably their top prospect right now. Okay. But at the same time, like you know, Taylor Hall didn't fetch back Arizona's number one or two prospect. You know, mm-hmm. what what's to say that Jason Zucker is going to get their number one or two prospect? So you got to look even deeper into that prospect pool, maybe. And that's a prospect pool that came into the year ranked twenty eighth. So. I don't know. Like Garen is gonna know these guys a lot better than uh, than you or me, or even like a normal GM dealing with someone in a farm system. So maybe there is some insights that he has onto, mm-hmm. you know, who uh, might be someone who everyone else is sleeping on. But I don't see a return for Zucker that uh, that really excites me. Maybe yeah. I'll feel different if that trade happens. And I would target anybody at least 25 years. Um, I would target anybody that was at least 25 years old or younger. You know, I wouldn't go much more than that. If you're going to trade a Jason Zucker. What if, uh, let me, let me throw this to you. This is uh this is just wild out of my ass speculation, but what would you think about uh, maybe trading for Matt Murray and a first round pick? Yeah, I actually thought about per- potentially going after one of their goalies. I don't know if Matt Murray would necessarily be on the block, but he's certainly intriguing and he's still relatively young at 25 with loads of loads of success in the NHL. And I think that if the wild went that route to help try to solve their goaltending situation for, for today and for even, you know, the next five to 10 years that wouldn't be necessarily the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I don't think so either, especially when you, when you're thinking about like, okay, like maybe if you get him into Minnesota's defensive system, maybe, maybe you got something there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Uh, he's struggled over the last three years, but, uh, but even then a nine ten save percentage, like, with what we've seen from him before and even being pretty bad over the last three years, you know, nine ten save percentage, that's Devin Dumnik territory right now. So right. like you're 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 automatically uh you're automatically getting you know, a, a baseline of, of a young goalie that's not really any worse than Dubnik right now. Yeah, that's Devin Dubnik territory and seven years younger. So I don't know that 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 could be something that would interest me. It'd be certainly intriguing if they could swing that kind of deal. Now I think that if that were move were to happen, then you might see Pittsburgh make another move to to get another goaltender. I mean, Tristan Jerry was was pretty good against the Wild for the most part, but I don't know how much the Wild were really like challenging him. And he's had a relatively decent season this year, but I don't know. I. It, I don't know if they're ready to go full bore with, with Tristan Jerry into the postseason. Mm-hmm. So it would be something that there probably is going to be another move uh, if that were to happen for them to get another goaltender. And it's not like you, I don't, I doubt that they're going to come sniffing around for Devin Dubnik. Just, uh, just speculating wildly there. It's probably complete uh, wild speculation. Another name that was dropped in that gamer was, uh, was, defenseman Jonas Brodeen and having a connection to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, who apparently has been uh, 
calling around for uh, for Jonas Brodini and, and testing the waters on that. What do you think about Brodine? You reunited with Eric Halla and um, Nino Niederreiter in Raleigh. My eyes kind of bugged out of my head when I saw that uh, that specific connection reported by Russo. Because uh, it's really interesting, because like, when I think of Carolina, I think of the last team in the NHL that needs a defenseman. Uh, they're they're right. so loaded up uh, up on top with a top line of uh, or top pairing of, of Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin. They have mm-hmm. Brent Pesci. They have Jake Gardner, who like you know maybe he's not working out super well this year, but has a history of being a very good defenseman. And mm-hmm. you know even on their bottom lines, they've got uh, Jake Smallbean coming up. They have they have Trevor Van Riemsdyk, like a really solid top to bottom defensive unit there. So it mm-hmm. does intrigue me a little bit, like why they would want Brodine. I mean, I know that his numbers have been really popping analytically and maybe that's kind of what they're going for in terms of that. Just like maybe somebody who they're seeing is, is a little bit undervalued because he doesn't have too much in the, uh, in the points department. Uh, but like, I think that uh, much like Marcus Felino is a, is a guy that, you know, maybe it's a real good idea to trade now. I think despite seeing some wild fans on Twitter today saying like, ah, I think you got to hold on to Brodeen. Like I, I, I kind of, I can see it. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they, uh, if they hold on to Brodeen. But when you look at, you know, the direction of this team and where it's going and where it probably should be going, like, this uh, this might be a real good time to, to really cash in on that value. Yeah, he certainly has a lot of high value right now. And if it's kind of like when they tell you as as a somebody who wants to have kids, like yeah, when you're in your 20s and it's and you're starting to get married and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, when are you going to have kids? And it's like, well, you know, we really want to be ready for it. And it's like, well, the 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 cliche is like if you whenever you think you're ready to have kids is probably the time that you're not even going to have kids then because the time has already passed you know yeah and so in this situation it's like if you think that you're gonna wait and, and until you're ready to maybe move a Jonas Brodeen well by that time you may be missing your window to really get really great value for him and. I know Brodine has been a, an incredibly solid player this year. Like Great, you said, his, like terrific. You said his analytics really pop off the off the page at you, and and certainly they went after Nino Niederreiter, who has uh, uh, was kind of a, a analytics darling as well. They signed Jake Gardner, who's if you look at their defenseman, Jake Gardner at 29 years old is the oldest defenseman on their current roster, which is. Just crazy. I mean, could you imagine if the Wild had that kind of a lineup where everybody is in their mid to late twenties? I mean, no. that's, that'd be that'd be fantastic if that was the uh, the Minnesota Wilds case. And and really, <laughs> if you continue down their roster, like Jordan Stahl at thirty one is like one of their oldest players, along with James Reimer, who's their backup goaltender. I mean, it's a good problem to have, and to trade for Jonas Brodine, who's pretty damn proven, wouldn't be a bad thing either. They yeah, also, it's gonna be it's gonna be five years until we can imagine that future where nobody's outside of their late twenties. <laughs> I I do want to get back to the uh, buy low sell high for Jonas Brodine because 
I, I think he's another really good example of, of, you know, he's been a guy who, you know, maybe since the expansion draft was over, pretty much was seen by a lot of people as like an expendable guy, right? Like mm-hmm. someone who, like, if you could trade, like someone, if you could trade them for, you know, a uh, 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 young forward and bring them into the fold, like you would absolutely do it, right? Yeah, I think so, yes. And so people are saying that for the last, I don't know, uh, three years or so. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's peaking right now and based off 40, like, really amazing games. I'm not saying that he hasn't been amazing this year. But we're we're saying to a 26-year-old defenseman whose contract is up in, you know, uh, in 100 more games or so, 110 more games or so, like, oh, there's there's no way you can trade that. I, I, I don't like this is the time. Like if you're gonna do it with Brodeen, you gotta you kinda gotta do it now. I think uh I think that Minnesota kinda missed an opportunity last year, not even necessarily with Matt Dumba, but like definitely Jared Spurgeon, right, to uh to really cash sure. in on that value. And they only have, as as we pointed out earlier, uh, I think even this week, they they only have so many trade chips that they're gonna have to accumulate prospect capital, and this is one of them. I, I completely agree because Brodeen is is kind of a weird player in that he doesn't provide a ton of offense, but he does provide a lot of value for pretty much any team that's looking for a shutdown defenseman. And it's it's tougher to try to get an idea of what that could fetch, but you got to at least feel the calls, and maybe at this point now – I mean, teams know what he is. He's a defensive defenseman. So you got to feel the calls. You got to figure out what that is. And and if that can bring in a pretty decent haul, then I think you have to make the move now. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, being that he's attached to Carolina, I think we're going to take a break, but we're going to dive into some of the uh, the Carolina prospects and kind of their situation after this break and get into like what, would be our target to get something in return if this trade were to actually go down and get and be commenced and consummated. So uh, let's take a quick break. Let's catch our breath and, and dive into some Carolina Hurricanes prospects. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. Consummate good trades, Garen. <laughs> and we're back on Lockdown Wild. I'm Joe with Tony. And we're going to dive into the Carolina prospects, considering the fact that uh, recently he's been tied, the, the, at least Carolina has been tied to having some interest into Jonas Brodeen. So is there a target within the system or maybe a bunch of picks that they might have that, or even just an NHL player off their NHL roster that you would like to see, I guess, Bill Guerin get in a return if they were to trade Jonas Rodin. I think the nice thing with uh, Carolina is that they just have almost unlimited options. It seems like uh, they have uh, some really good prospects at, at pretty much every position, very deep, and they have a ton of picks coming up too. Uh, this year they'll have two first round picks, including Toronto's uh, first rounder. They'll have two second-round picks, including the Rangers' second-rounder, which, as bad as the Rangers are going to be, that's going to be a top 40-ish pick. Real nice there. And uh, in round three, they'll have Buffalo's third-round pick, 
and that should be about a top 70 pick with how not great Buffalo is this year. I mean, with as great of a season as Jack Eichel's having, maybe once they get Jeff Skinner back, they can uh, they can boost that up to like top seventy five. But still, like uh, a lot of really good assets to uh, to come by in Carolina, and that's before getting to the prospects. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that even if you were able to pluck one of their secondary picks from those Browns, I mean, ultimately they're not really harmed. They're not losing their pick in the first round, or they'd still at least have one. I mean, in order to acquire something like that, I think that'd be a huge get regardless of who you actually get uh, as ancillary pieces to, to that puzzle. If you were able to get, you know, that, uh, the Rangers pick or even um, the, the Carolina pick in uh, the first round or something. Mm. And just to, uh, just to talk about like the, the guys that might be untouchable. I think uh, that starts, obviously, with Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Sveshnikov. No way, dream on. Uh, then uh, Martin Nekish, who is uh, who is debuting this year and having a pretty decent rookie season. Speedy mm-hmm. center, I don't think they have any chance of touching him. Same with Ryan Suzuki, who they drafted this year, I believe. Uh, who, uh, who was pretty good. It could have been maybe in consideration for Minnesota's first-round pick this year. I okay. mean that would that would have been a long shot, but like he might have been someone that they would have liked to have uh, to have traded down a little bit to get. I don't know what uh, what their scouting staff was thinking about that. He might be untouchable just because of how young he is, and he's having a really good season himself. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna say those four are probably right off the bat untouchable. And then uh, they also do have former Minnesota Wild players Eric Halla, Nito Niederreiter. No uh, way. They do- don't want yeah. not interested in either. Like honestly, I'm not. I'm not interested in living in the past. I I understand. Plus those players are a little bit older, but does uh does uh Tavo Teravinen do anything for you? Uh too old to do anything for me at this point of where the wild are. And uh oh also Jake Bean is interesting as as a prospect name to me because you wouldn't think they would be looking to bring in a Jonas Brodeen if they're looking to if Jake Bean is in the wings and they're super confident in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they're not confident in him, I think you could do worse than bringing in a 21-year-old defenseman to, to boost that pool. Yeah, I agree. Although, like like you were saying, I think it'd be odd to bring in a defenseman if if Jake Bean is at the point where he could potentially make the jump into the NHL and and make that. And if he's really close then why would they trade for a defenseman or look at defensemen rather than just graduating him up? So I think that would be the one hesitation. Like, And they got a really good um, analytics department with Eric Tulski over there. And, and um, so you always wonder a little bit. And, and, and you know, their, their scouting department has been pretty proven to be pretty damn good too. So you wonder a little bit like <laughs> – if they're giving a player up, what what are we missing? Mm. So you almost you almost just because of the fleece factor from last year, um, you tend to wonder like, okay, are they really trying to pull a fast one? Yep. Uh, but there are other uh, there are other names too. Like even if uh, say Bean is untouchable in this, uh, they have a lot of of young forwards who uh, made Corey Promen's top uh, top midseason prospects ranking. Uh, 
I, I think he ranked the top 72. And uh, looking at that quick, uh, Dominic Bach comes in at 40, uh, 46. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic Bach was a guy that we were interested in back in the 2018 draft when uh, they went with uh, Philip Johansson. Yeah, um, Dominic Bach was there to be had, and and he ended up going to St. Louis right after the Wild picked, and then was actually in the trade with, uh, was it um, Joel Edmondson came over in that trade too, but I'm trying to think who it was that uh, was sent to St. Louis. Uh, it was Justin Falk. It was it was Justin Falk, okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to think of the name, but uh, yeah, you're correct. So in that trade... Dominic Bach was used as the asset to be moved and, and I mean, six points in 25 games. It's like, you know, he's got a lot of skill. He's got the speed, you know, but he hasn't had necessarily the greatest showing, but you, I think that as a player that uh, had a a really solid solid draft year, you at least got to think about it. I mean, he's a first round pick for a reason. He's got the talent. It's just, he's, he needs to put it together. Uh, Julian Gauthier is another really interesting person, especially uh, especially striking me as a is a very Boudreaux kind of guy. Uh, six mm-hmm. four goal scorer. Ooh, there you go. He's got eighteen goals in thirty one AHL games this season. What about like uh, Patrick Pistola? Uh, yeah, he's a guy who is interesting to me. Uh, he was drafted, I think, in the third round this year, but he's a guy who like uh, the the stat heads really loved. I believe that Manny Elk had him ranked super high this year, and he's uh, he's playing against men in Liga, so mm-hmm. you know the numbers don't necessarily pop off the page or anything yeah. like that. Uh, but when when you look at how he's done against his peers, he had a fantastic World Junior tournament where he scored five goals yeah. in seven games, and and that's kind of what jumped off the page a little bit to me because those World Juniors are a really good chance to like okay when you're in European leagues and it's, you know, they're more adult ish leagues rather than like what you say in the juniors and also in college and that kind of thing. This case, you're seeing him kind of play against players around his age. Now in the NHL, he obviously would have to raise his game to play against the, um, the, 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 the creme de la creme that's in the NHL. But if he can dominate at least his peers and have a good showing, that's also a pretty good indicator too. Like it's not always a great indicator, but um, if they have a decent showing in in a high stakes tournament, like the world junior championships, sometimes you can, you can see that the talent is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would be, uh, I would be really interested. I don't know how available they would be, but either, uh, it, just even one of the guys out of the uh, the Bean, Bach, Gauthier, Pistola uh, group would be uh, pretty interesting to me. I don't know mm-hmm. if uh, if there's anyone else that uh, I mean I do know like it's a really deep system, but I, I think those would be the uh, the quartet that I would try to target. Maybe I'd strike out, but Brodine like they clearly uh, they clearly value. Uh, the analytics side of what Brodine brings to the table. Right. Like, you you know that. And uh, let, let's be kind of honest, Carolina kind of owes us one here. Yeah. Well, and if they are, are doing their due diligence on the analytics part, perhaps maybe they value Brodine more than what other teams do. And maybe Carolina is your play to actually get the most value out of Brodine. 
Yep, and Carolina actually has a couple of uh, of pretty decent goalie prospects too. They have uh, they have a guy Piet, uh, Pieter uh, Kochetov who's playing in Russia <laughs> right now. So if we're looking for uh, for friends for Kirill, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be neat to look at. And, What's uh, his name again? Because uh, I like to hear you pronounce it. Not trying again. <laughs> One shot, and that's it. And then uh, Alex Nedel Yok Yokovich. He uh, he is Yelkovich? Uh, Yeah, well, uh, uh, Nedel Yokovich, maybe um, that, that could be yeah. it. Uh, from uh, Parma, Ohio. <laughs> Um, he's doing, uh, he's doing you know, pretty well in the AHL over the last couple seasons. That, uh, absolute goalie factory of Ohio, you know? Yep. So, uh, there, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of packages that you could put together, uh, from Carolina with, uh, with their combination of picks and, and, uh, young players, uh, or, uh, prospects that, uh, that could be pretty intriguing there. Do you have anything else there, Tony, you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think I think we have a uh, pretty good solid episode and uh and it's time to <laughs> it's time to go home. <laughs> time to go home. Yeah. And I got to probably get to some sleep too because uh I don't want to make another mistake on my lineup card. Made a huge mistake. <laughs> Anyways, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at @ohitony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. And you can find all my work at zonecoverage.com. Plus, follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. If you like today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockedOnWild. We, we want you to follow that because... We do listener suggestion shows every Friday. We also do mailbag, so we like to get your suggestions and your mailbag at uh, at that Twitter account. So please, please follow us there. You can also listen us to on your smart speakers like Amazon Echo, uh, your Google or your Apple, all that kind of good stuff too. Uh, just great ways to listen to us anywhere you're at. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.